Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sarah, before we get to Tokyo, what's going on with you at the moment? Will we see you back competing for Ireland again anytime soon, do you think? Um... Probably not anytime soon. Um, I've kind of taken a step back from the athletics and focusing on other things now, I suppose. Um, so I haven't completely ruled out getting back sometime in the future, but I think uh, I'll be um, a bit of a different athlete next time and probably need to do a lot of work to get back to where I was. So we'll we'll see. But that, has, that been a, has that been a difficult kind of I won't say a decision because you're still leaving the door open, but has it been a, a difficult thing to wrestle with? Because we know you're, you know, you're a doctor, you're very busy with work. And even when you were going to the Olympics and everything else, it was to fit everything around that, that career it was obviously quite demanding. So was it a difficult de- decision if we wanted to call it that for the time being anyway, to, to come to that, to step away? Yeah, really difficult, really difficult. I've been in athletics since I was seven and I've been competing, I suppose, since I was like, you know, a teenager. Um, and, it got increasingly serious and then you know it was the only sport I did from the age of about 18 and then um before that I was doing other things as well and then you know it's kind of you don't realize but when you step back like I I made every single decision every single decision I made about my life was framed in the context of athletics for a very very long time you know well over 10 years 10 15 years like yeah so you know you you would have the sport in your mind regarding everything how you were going to get your run in or how you were going to fit it around like races or you know how 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 training would work out with different aspects of your life so it's it's a it's a big it's a big change and uh, it would have always given me like that training structure throughout the whole week um, and the year and just all of that is very, is very strange then when such a massive part of your life then is kind of, you know, set aside, so to speak. So it's, yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's obviously been a, a lousy kind of 15 months plus for everybody. Um, but for the decision to kind of come at that time as well, and I, I, I'm sure, you know, maybe COVID and everything else played a part in that. Did, did that make it even more difficult that you maybe kind of, I don't know if you felt like you, you just kind of had to give it up at that point or, or what, but it, it must have been, you know, to close that chapter or to maybe partially close it in your life, as you said, something that's been in there in your life since you were seven. I, I guess that's, it's a, it's a, it's a mental strain as well. Yeah. I, to be honest, I said that, but like, I'm still running. It's not like mm. um, I'm, I haven't stopped doing that. Um, and mm. thankfully I was able to, I had surgery, um, art, like uh, hip surgery and 
um, August of 2019. And then I spent about eight months trying to get back for the Olympics. And then that was about February 2020. That wasn't looking like it was going to happen. And I kind of, I think after the miserable four years that I felt like I'd had only a few good races really um, since the Olympics, I just, it kind of was just enough for me, I think at the time. And I said, I'd step away and focus on other things um just so happened to coincide with a pandemic so all of the uh, great big plans that I had to do things that I couldn't do while I was competing all over the world over the summers and things I had all these great big plans and obviously all those got completely shelved mm. you know holidays and festivals and all sorts of things that you know you think you're going to be doing and actually all I did was work full-time during a pandemic and have absolutely no fun whatsoever so <laughs> it was a bit of a different year than I'd planned but I think everyone had a bit of a different year than planned and COVID's been pretty miserable for the vast majority of people so I think we've all done pretty well to just get through it and you know hopefully now light light at the end of the tunnel and things are returning to normality and all that sort of stuff so look in 10 years time we'll be reflecting on it and we'll be saying god like you know we did that and you know you kind of you know it'll be it'll be part of kind of you know um, one of those molding processes to make you the person you are etc so you know yeah, well, I, I, I love, I love the, the positive take on it, but um, I'm not sure if I'd be able to get on board fully with that, but I, I know what you're saying. Um, I definitely at, said 10 years time, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, might, it, might take, it might take it might take that long, is, is for sure. Um, recovery still to be done, I think. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And, and looking at the, the Olympics now, the 2020, uh, Tokyo 2020, obviously there's been huge success for Ireland, as I mentioned there, the rowing and the women's fours and Fintan McCarthy and Paula Donovan and everything else, but and the boxing as well, of course. But I'm not sure if it's just my kind of perverse nature, but what kind of struck me watching a lot of it this week was when things didn't go well. Like Sarah Lavin, after the hurdles, was really disappointed with her performance. Dean Astra Smith, I saw in tears after her injury issues. The difficulty of not performing as you'd want. I'm not saying that everybody's going in expecting to win a medal because obviously that's not the case. But, you know, you want to go in and do a PB or whatever, whatever else. Something, you know, to, to, to have to do that and go through a, a disappointing performance and then speak to the media is always something that kind of amazes me a little bit. I know, you know, you have your own experience missed from, from your real heat when, when, you, uh, when you had a fall. So maybe just talk us through that and, and the mental kind of stress that that causes. Yeah, I, I, I think like it, it is very difficult to kind of pick yourself up and talk to media because, you know, it's only a snapshot of kind of the whole experience and your whole experience in the sport and everything and I think for something like um for some of us in athletics you know you kind of don't really even speak to the media much at all and then you know you don't want the one time that you get an interview or the you know you might get two interviews and after a race in a whole year and actually you're in this horrible frame of mind and you're so disappointed and you're trying to get across to people that actually you know I don't know. I don't, it's, it's it's a really difficult thing to kind of bring yourself to uh, to give that interview because I always felt, you know, I had such a wonderful experience in the sport throughout kind of, you know, the long time that I was doing it. I didn't want to be then standing there in complete misery. Like and people just think it's just this horrible, you know, but it's but that's where you are at, the, at, the, at that moment in time. And I think sometimes when you have those bad experiences, like when I had that fall, like it took 
you know, obviously I was able to get myself to a point to enjoy the whole Olympics experience. And I'm glad about that. Like I, I was very determined beforehand that no matter what happened, I was going to enjoy this experience and I was enjoying going to enjoy the journey. So I was able to do that, but I think, um, it's, yeah, I, I, I was just utterly devastated after that fall. Like you put so much work into it, but I was uh, to get there and to be in the shape of your life. And I felt like I was, and I had even the whole summer, like other big stuff had been going on that summer. There'd been the European championships and the the European teams, but I had been peaking for the Olympics and everything All my preparation had been to be in the best shape I possibly could um, at the time of the Olympics. And I felt I was, and I was running the race of my life. And then, you know, a bit of a shove and a push and next minute I'm on the floor and my whole Olympics is just in tatters. So I kind of, in the split second, you know, I put, you, you pull yourself up and you run on and I'm completely winded, but I just kind of run on and eventually find my lungs and kind of start to speed up again. And actually crazy enough, my time wasn't actually that bad, but that just shows I was just on for such a good time before that. But, you know, I felt like my whole, my whole dream going into the Olympics was to run to try and have a go at the Irish record and run a big and run a PB and the training I was doing was showing that I was I was ready to make that big breakthrough in my PB and I just I felt like I hadn't had the opportunity and I was finally in the race where I had the opportunity I was running well everything was going well and the next minute it was all over so I was absolutely devastated after the heat and I just remember like kind of in complete shock and then you're picking up their stuff trying to go back to the to the you know back out to the warm-up area which is where we all the team tents were not really wanting to go back there but you're kind of going through the process of just trying to well I I can't just stay here all the time got completely lost ended up don't know where I ended up under the stadium walked out onto some random street in Rio and got escorted by like a military like um guy with a machine going back to the uh warm-up area to try and find my clothes <laughs> and that's where I found the team and found out that they'd put in an appeal and I didn't even think I had a grounds for appeal because of um well I just thought the race was over you know I wasn't in the final and that was that you know and even if I was pushed like you know that kind of happens in sport and you think I just thought it was that that's my bad luck it's over um and then I got my appeal was successful and I ended up in the final so I was it was like the most roller coaster of emotions for I was going to say that hour but actually it would probably have gone on for even afterwards I was still on this big roller coaster of emotions because I was fairly battered from my race from the fall and I whacked a hurt I whacked a barrier as well on the home straight and then I had to get myself back into the frame of mind to compete in you know the most competitive race I'd ever raced in two days later so it was you know there's a lot of preparation and yeah it was just yeah my like yeah I don't know how you explain these things even now five years later (laughs) yeah because it's something that you know I know we were were chatting briefly during the weekend and it was something you mentioned that that it still kind of haunts you to this day and I, I suppose it's it's maybe something that the public looking on because a lot of us tend to just dip in to the Olympics, well, obviously we only dip into the Olympics once every four years or five in this case, but in general terms, athletics and a lot of the sports that we don't tend to see much of on our screens during the year, we maybe don't appreciate, like we're well used to seeing hurlers after all our semi-finals or finals being devastated and all that kind of stuff, but we don't kind of tend to see the, the, the athletes as much. And I'm not sure if people fully appreciate the work that goes in behind the scenes to just get to the Olympics in the first place and, and all that rides on that. Yeah, I mean, 
it's you know there's athletics is probably the sport I think it's you know on par with football in terms of um with soccer it's probably the only other sport that there's parity in the in the world of the numbers of people that take take part across the globe mm. like it's a truly, a truly global sport so to actually make it to the olympics like there's you know in some events there's only 32 people go some of the events there's 48 people go like to get into the top 48 in the world it's actually yeah it's it's kind of it's pretty phenomenal in itself and so many things have to go right to get there it's once every four years I know so many athletes now throughout their careers that have been you know Ireland's best among Ireland's best athletes and for whatever reason through a bit of bad luck you have like every four years they just never make the games and you know that can happen to people in their careers and stuff so you need a bit of luck as well as to be kind of fairly either very lucky to just be on your best around the time of a games or to have that consistency whereby you can have a go more than once and it's yeah to get there it's it's a lot a lot of work goes into it you know people talk about that four-year cycle but I mean it starts long before that long before that ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, that's the thing. And I guess, you know, when, as I said to you, the emotion that we've seen from, from a lot of the, the athletes after something that hasn't gone well for them, and they're trying to, like I said, Dean Asher Smith was in tears and she was almost, you know, there was no need to be, but she was nearly embarrassed to be on television kind of crying. She was trying to fight back the tears um, as well. And, and you can understand that. And like Sarah Lavin, she wasn't, she, she was quite together, but she was just really disappointed that she didn't give of her best. And as you said, though, it's, it's one race every four years, pretty much. And everything has to come together and has to be right for it. So like, there's, there's a huge amount of pressure on, on there as well, really, whether, whether, whether athletes kind of deal with that or not, or acknowledge it or not, there is an awful lot of pressure to get everything right just for that one you know, race, whether it's 20 seconds, 50 seconds, however long it goes on for it, it's when you think about it that way, it's, it's quite intense. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, with Sarah, like she ran her second fastest time ever. I think she just wanted to rise the occasion and have her best time ever. But I mean, it's realistically with the with the Olympics, the people that are making it through the rounds are the ones that can have a bad day and still be good enough. Um, and that's what we're all striving for as athletes. Um, with Dean Asher-Smith, I have to say I felt terrible for her because she has been phenomenal the last number of years and this was her chance to get that Olympic medal and she knows it and I think to to be still on that level in three years time is going to be a tough tough ask and um she's just picked up an injury that's that's just that that bad luck that we're that I was talking about you know it just it happens and uh very very hard to get it right like not because you always have to be on the line as an athlete training as hard as you possibly can to be as fit as you possibly can to um have that you know best possible performance but by being that fit and training that hard and you're you're walking that very tight line between injury and brilliance do you know what I mean and I think sometimes people come down on the wrong side of it and then also there's that bit of luck that comes into it as well but um I actually think Sarah still did a good a great performance it's just when you have you know the one, the fastest woman in the world in your race. It's it's going to be a bit off putting. Um, I actually I was interested by some of the the interviews I saw with the rowers, Paula Donovan, um, in particular because he seemed to almost be trying to talk about it as if it's just another race, you know. Mm. I was just interested because I was thinking, is that how he's dealt with all the pressure and the expectation? Because actually, when he says it's just another race, and in in many ways it is just another race, I suppose. Yeah. But actually, that puts him in the perfect psychological state to then go out and get the most out of himself. Because if he's, if you start thinking about it as being this one opportunity, once every four years, must get the best possible race, must you actually are less likely to go and get everything right, you know? And I yeah. was just, I was intrigued. They just said, you know, we've left no stone unturned. We've done, we're completely right. You know, everything. We just need to go out and do it. Yeah. And I actually thought it was a very interesting. Uh, interesting approach and is that basically why they perform so well you know because yeah, to go in with a level of expectation exactly and as you said there because one of the i think was the norwegian crew afterwards said like was calling o'donovan a monster and like they were under no illusions that the irish guys were the best in the field so as you said to, to have that that pressure on your shoulders and and i think a lot of the time with the, with the rowers because they're, they're they're most of them anyway are from are from cork you know um a lot of people tend to kind of write it off as the kind of ah that kind of cork you know, laid back sort of approach and and putting it on a bit, like hitting people on that that they, that they were very relaxed. But as you said there, that's exactly how I suspect Paula Donovan thinks about it because they know they've had, they've got their work done. They just approach each race the same way. They they don't. It doesn't seem like they kind of have to race on anybody else's terms. I mean, Sarah Lavin mentioned running somebody else's race. I don't think the rowers ever row anyone else's race other than their own, and that fortunately for them, or well, not fortunately, but it's always good enough or mostly always good enough. So. I suppose when you're when you're that strong, you can maybe afford to to just go out and and do your own thing each time. Yeah, but I I, I wonder is yeah I suppose that that definitely is true. Like they're they are so strong and they can do that. But I do think sometimes that is a, like one of the best approaches. Like if you're going into a race, I suppose with steeplechase, for example, with myself, like I say I know that I can run like a certain certain times I've been doing them in training or whatever and I might not have actually run the time in a race yet but I know that I'm capable of it but equally I'll know I'd have known that I couldn't do 9.20 or 9.15 so 
you know, you in, to an extent in our event anyway, you would have to run your own race. You have to, if you're in a race with people who are going to do some crazy stuff at the beginning of the race, if you copy them and just get carried away in the occasion and, you know, you kind of have to be up there and you have to be in the mix, yeah. you're probably going to completely destroy your own race. So actually, that's why I thought, for example, Ailish Flanagan in particular, um, this morning I was impressed with how she ran a big PB in really difficult conditions in a really um, difficult environment like that because she clearly just had a plan and executed it and um, ran a sensible race within the confines of what she was doing. You know, she was in the most competitive race she'd ever been in and she went out and she ran and she ran a big PB and, and that was what she was capable of this time around. If she'd gone out to try and, you know, get in the top three in her heat or, you know, to run a super fast, much, much faster time than she ran, she would have probably blown up and ended up with a bad run. So that's kind of one of the, I guess that's one of the decisions you have to kind of make as an athlete. It's do, do you run that risk of throwing everything in there and completely blowing up? So then, you know, people look at these people and they're like, oh, they've only run and they, say sometime and it's and it's much worse than what they've done before and actually sometimes that's happened because they stretch themselves they try to get that faster time and actually they try too hard and they tip a tip in the other direction and then they blow up and they go backwards in their race you know they completely mess up the race or I suppose maybe in sprinting it's about tensing up or there's you know the technicalities of sprinting would come in there and then you actually mess up your own race so if you're not on the if you're not on a medal winning stage to try and go to somewhere like the Olympics, you have to, you have to have that presence of mind to be able to do your own do your own thing. And even I think at, when you're a, a finalist or a medalist, you have to have that presence of mind to be able to kind of see, have that singular focus. I think people always talk about that in golf and how important a thing that is in golf. But I think it comes into lots of other events as well. It just comes in in a slightly different way. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear that. Um, one other thing before we before we wrap up. The you know the experience for for the majority of Olympians isn't winning medals. Obviously, not everybody can. There's only three spaces up for grabs in each in each event in each race. But you know, I guess with the advent of social media now, we get to see little snippets from behind the scenes. We saw the rowers the other day doing a little mini lap of honor, albeit um, Paul O'Donnell was a little bit reluctant to do his one. But all the team around them, and again, because we we don't tend to see it that often, and the, the Olympics is so unique in terms of you have a huge gathering of of athletes from across a load of different disciplines. That camaraderie and that team spirit, you've obviously been there in Rio. Is that something that's that's what makes the Olympics so, so special and so different from all the other events you compete in? Oh, it's amazing. Like, it's, I think, I don't know. I always felt with athletics, even though it's an individual sport, I always felt when we went to the major championships, we were very good as a team and we would always support one another. And you'd go down to watch. Once you were done, you'd make sure you'd watch the other races. And you would see that with, say, the walkers and the marathons that they were after the other races. You'd have even sprinters turning up with the crack of dawn to go and support these these guys out in there and the um out on the on the course and things. So I think like that there's an element of that I think has always been there but when you go to the Olympics yes you're supporting all the teams you're supporting all the sports I remember in Rio we would be sitting in our um we'd have like a, a common room on the ground floor and we'd all squeeze in there on bean bags and be watching the different um 
events and you'd either like I remember watching the hockey in there and like also being in there a few times with the whole team of hockey players watching like you know watching the boxing or watching different events mm-hmm. um so there is that amazing it's amazing camaraderie and you'd, we'd all go and eat in the same area in the dining room that kind of thing and you'd be mixing and it'd be it'd be really good fun but I think it's also great the different sports like because a lot of Olympians like are re- they're sports people as well like they watch other sports you follow the sports like I love watching all the different events and I loved that about the Olympics and it was just like you go somewhere and it's just eat sleep drink sport for a few weeks so like anyone who loves sport it's amazing mm. and you have first front row seats like you you're in even when you're not when you're in the um just in a common room you still have you can watch any channel you can watch all the events you can pick and choose and then once you're finished I was able to get I, I went to the boxing before my um, race because I had a few days in between and I was able to get I get down there and I went with some of the golfers to go watch the boxing and then um afterwards it was like we'd go down and see all the triathletes and I, I went to loads of different events and um that was brilliant I went you know I really enjoyed that and I think there's loads of aspects about the Olympics that's just different from any other event that just makes it super special and I think that's brilliant and even just everyone gets behind you the whole country gets behind you your community your well obviously your family your family will be getting behind you anyway with the other stuff the other events the other mm. uh, major championships but like the excitement that gets the buzz that everyone gets into Olympic spirit and an Olympic fever almost it's it's like it's it's fantastic to be a part of that yeah, it must be amazing. Um, I I know you were up you were up uh, watching the golf this morning. What what events have, have really gotten you off your seat this week, and and what are you looking forward to in the coming week? Oh, you laugh at this. So I was like trying to write down the different things that I've been watching, and I've nearly filled like an A four page. <laughs> it would have been quicker to write down the stuff you hadn't watched. I've been watching everything. So like I've been watching um obviously all the Irish um doing well. And I got really into the golf this morning. Um I was hoping uh Rory would would get that medal, but it was super exciting and he did amazingly. Um but obviously then we had uh, Sarah Ennis is a me, the woman she was in the event team this morning. I was watching that on the highlights. Um but yeah, over the last I like it's been it's Mona McSherry has been absolutely amazing in the swimming, the four by four relay in the athletics, like um the rowers have been incredible. Um, I can't believe, right? So I was, you know, everyone was a bit apprehensive about some of the new sports coming in, like surfing and skateboarding yeah. and I think the climbing as well. But I actually really enjoyed watching the surfing and skateboarding. I mean, I know nothing about skateboarding now at all, but um, the surfing, like I, I think um, quite a few Irish people now at this stage have probably took a board out every now and again, you know. So you're kind of like watching the surf and be like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been really enjoying the whole thing so yeah it's been, it's been really hard this time around though because I was working earlier in the week and I've never had an Olympics where I've had to work through it before like last one I was at it before that I was a student before that I was in school like I've never actually had to work at a, and the time difference so I feel like it's been it's been hard <laughs> real, real life has taken over now I know and it's difficult I don't know I don't know if I'll ever get used to it <laughs> well maybe maybe you could make a comeback as a skateboarder for for the next Olympics if the, if the yeah, hip is, uh, is up to it practicing. I don't know though I think I'm probably going to be like 20 years too old it's the, they're all like teenagers all the medalists aren't they <laughs> and just on that I mean golf was was a sport that even the golfers themselves I think were a little bit skeptical of it but looking at Rory McIlroy being interviewed after the, after his round today like it's almost the best of both worlds for them because it's 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 relatively pressure free 
but they can still really enjoy it and have a good time. And and he looked like he was, even though he had, he didn't finish the medals in the end, he looked like he had a, he had a great time out there and loved playing with Shane Lowry and everything else. So these new sports have come in. I think people are, are being won over by them bit by bit. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think if they're new into the Olympics and they have made, like, I think golf has been such a successful sport outside the Olympics and it's got its pro, like, um, pro circuit that, you know, and has its own following and stuff. So I think they kind of felt a bit like they didn't need the Olympics. But, you know, the Olympics offers something that other golf tournaments don't. And uh, I think the golfers is just, it was really interesting to see how they really got into it and I I experienced that in Rio last time I think the golfers that went last time to Rio were really looking forward to going so you know it wasn't that they weren't looking forward to it but even when they got out there they really got into the spirit of things and they were supporting all the teams and they were going to all the different events and you know they really got involved and um, I think that that's it's really nice to see that you know it's uh, and I think that that helps them enjoy the experience. It's interesting to see now Rory is excited about it, trying to make the next Olympics and everything. And I think hopefully it'll be a bit more like a normal Olympics when it comes back to Paris that, uh, you know, it'll be, you know, that's much more sociable and, you know, less restrictions and things that would be um brilliant so I think to get a bit more a bit more normality in life would be lovely yeah that is for sure well we'll uh, have to look forward to Paris in a few years time still another week of course to go of the Olympics in Tokyo listen Sarah I know you're down spending some time at home uh, down, down in, in tip with the family so I hope you have a great time down there and you, you get to relax a little bit and watch plenty more of the Olympics of course as well but thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 